Hello everyone, I'm Dan and welcome to the Space and Earth podcast. Our guest for today is Barney Pollock. Now Barney is an actor and improviser. You can currently see him on Thank God You're Here on Channel 10. He also performs at the Improv Conspiracy Theatre in Melbourne in the Remix and the Cool and Smart Very Funny Comedy Hour. Uh, if you'd like to see Barney's workshops that he's going to be running with us, please head to our website at spaceandearth.co. You started studying at Whopper. Yes. Yes. Yes, I did. Yeah. Yep. Very uh, renowned. What renowned? I guess. Uh, yeah. It's one of the top like drama schools in the country, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. In the world. In the world. Yeah. <laughs> really. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. That exceeds even my knowledge. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Um. And how 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 was that? It was great. It was so fun. I tried to get in a lot before I got in. Um. I tried when I first left high school. And then I did psychology for a year and then I tried again and I did, uh, English literature for a year because I, ch- I didn't like psychology. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then finally I got in. So yeah, it was great when I was there. It was so much fun. Um, but it's sort of, I think everyone has the same experience where it gets, it's like the greatest thing in the world for two years. And then by the last year you're over it. Like, okay. you're like oh, I don't want to have to be told that uh, my neck isn't extended properly or, you know, <laughs> I can't, I, I can't do it anymore. Like I've been, my brow's been beaten to such a point where I'm now like, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so is much, is a lot of the process about kind of like, it's very strict mm. sort of teaching and mm-hmm. it's very like beating you down to try and get you down to yeah. dig out those emotions. From yeah. The depths. Yeah. It's, it's about like, well, it's supposed to be about breaking you down to then build you back up. So they will go through and they'll be like, you do a weird thing with your chest. And you're like, Oh, and like, I'm one teacher said to me, um, you come on stage and you do, you kind of push your chest out and you, you lean forward like this. And it's because you're actually terrified to be there and your body's trying to run away, <laughs> which like kind of what's true. Like it's not wrong. It's just yeah. like, I'd rather you not say that in front of 20 other people. Yeah. On day one. On, like, yeah. Tell me what your name is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there was like a lot of that, of, of things that you just like, you can't say that to somebody. Yeah. It's... <laughs> but in the context of the um, school, it's, it's normal. And, mm. you know, then the next minute they'll be very nice to you but yeah because it's you and the thing that you're working on is you it can feel very um personal even when it's not it's not actually meant to be at all it's yeah. meant to be literally they say things to help you get better yeah and help you notice things but yeah it's still you so oh totally and i guess over time you got used to that mm. and then did was there a point where then you enjoyed that Oh yeah. Yeah. Loved it. And like, if you wouldn't get it, you'd be like, what the hell? <laughs> like we'd Stick have my, uh, <laughs> chin yeah. out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. If someone was too nice, you'd be like, I'm not getting my money's worth. Like if we had like a guest teacher and yeah. they didn't come in and say like, you know, we had one teacher, I remember who came in and said, everyone turn your fucking phones off and none of this vibrate shit. I mean, off. <laughs> and like you realize as the class went on, it was clear that he was kind of mucking around, Yeah, but it was just his way of like setting how he wanted to start the, but it worked cause everyone was like, Oh hell yeah. yeah. Like, yeah we're going to get whipped. <laughs> yeah. You become this weird kind of like masochist for, 
punishment. Yeah. Yeah. I find it's it's interesting with with that, like in because I haven't done that much acting training. It's just mm. been a lot of improv work. Uh, which I guess in a sense acting to some extent, yeah. but not like traditional acting training of mm. being in those more like high pressured maybe situations. Um, but I do remember at IO that one of the teachers I had for a week, um, Craig Euler, he was very different to everyone else. Everyone else was so loving and supportive and like build you up and, and mm -hmm. everything like that. But he would be sitting in the back of the room and while you're doing a scene, he would be muttering to someone else, <laughs> like comments about the scene. And then like, so you just be doing a scene about something and you just hear from the back corner, well, that's a weird thing to say. Like, <laughs> and then it would just start piping up. Like what, what the hell is that? What's, what are they talking about? This is stupid. <laughs> and, then, and it just ramped up and it's like, he was probably the closest that I've had in the mm. improv world to a teacher who's gone a little bit harder. Yeah. Who like, if you're doing something that he would consider sort of wrong, it's like pushing mm. a lot further. Like, no, what's that? What are you doing? Mm. And. Mm. Um, yeah, just very different sort of like schools of thought. Yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah. It's funny. I, I definitely still have like a bit of leftover from that where if I'm not getting that, I'm like, what is this? What's yeah. the point? <laughs> Destroy me. <laughs> Make me cry. Turn me down again. Yeah. Ask me if my parents support me. Exactly. Like do something like that. Come yeah. on. Um, yeah, I, I've definitely found, I, I found doing improv, like all the teachers were, were great and really lovely. And it wasn't until after I'd finished the levels program at TIC and, uh, my improv comedy partner and I, Matt did training with Ben Russell and he would just be like, stop. What the hell was that? <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> or he'd be like, what are you doing? And you'd be like, oh, oh, I'm doing a same with lots of business in it. And he goes, yeah. And I, you know that I hate that. So why are you doing it? Like, just like real. And I loved that. It was so good. I guess, is that the difference between maybe say teaching a class where you've got people who are, even though they're going through at different levels, they mm. are at different levels themselves to then actually coaching someone where you can just be probably a lot more honest. Yeah. Yeah. And Brutal, especially in two prop, like mm. you'll probably want that. You want that attention. Yeah. You really want someone to come, come in and like iron out all of those things. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the big things I've had to learn is that not everyone does. Okay. <laughs> not everyone actually does want you to be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, um, and sometimes people can find it quite confronting, um, and not this like, oh yeah, he's given us the secret sauce. He's telling us he's being honest. Um, yeah. So that's definitely something I've had to learn with my teaching to like be able to read when it's appropriate to, you know, what to do when. Yeah. yeah. So do you get the most fun, like when you're teaching, um, pushing those things and like yeah. really pushing for those, like, I guess, transformative moments in a session rather mm. than sort of playing it nice yeah, just for the sake of comfort in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, it's a complicated thing, I think, because there's also me wanting, if I'm being you know, paid to coach a team that they get an outcome or they get something from it that they wouldn't get if, and maybe they would get, I don't know if it was sort of more like soft touchy, like great job, everyone. Um, but I want them to like, it's, you know, meant to be the space where you kind of, if you're training or in a class where you do try and do, try and stretch yourself mm. or be pushed 
past where you usually would because that's when you learn that you actually can go further than you thought you could. Mm. Yeah. And I guess it, it depends on like where the teams are at or mm. where the Im- improvisers or performers or anyone is at in their sort of own journey. Like if they're at a place where they're pr- feeling pretty low on confidence, mm. then maybe they might need more of like uh, someone to be building that up mm-hmm. and like more of a supportive type of coach. But if they're feeling pretty good and they're ready to like push further mm. a little bit more, mm. then and they're in a position where they can take that on and actually, you know, not have it tear them apart, mm. then I guess that's where it's like, I think it's important for performers to know what they need yeah. rather than just going like, this coach is good, this coach is not. Mm. It's like there are different styles to it. And at different times you need to seek out different things. Oh, totally. Yeah. You need different, like if you're feeling, you know, or you're lacking confidence and then you've got someone coming in being like, everything you do sucks. <laughs> <laughs> make me laugh now you probably that's not going to be very helpful um you probably need someone that's going to big you up a bit i try and when i teach now and i think it works because i've never had to force it but i'll start the class like a prick and then by the end of the class i'll go guys you've done some fantastic work today it's really great you've really i can see can you see where you've like what you were doing and now what you've and so i try and make a narrative of like you know, you, you leave feeling good. Yeah. Um, and I haven't had to force it, which is good. Okay. Like, which, that's yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I feel like if you leave an improv class or training or whatever, feeling like absolute shit, then it's probably, probably, probably wasn't great. Yeah. I yeah. think that's a good point you make of whatever sort of happens in a session. Um, and it could, it might not even be due to the coach. It might be like, if say, a difficult topic came up in a scene and you have to talk about it with everyone. And mm. just those moments where, um, it's not as fun, but maybe it's more about like learning something or working something out or waiting through something mm. that leaving everything on a positive note mm. really kind of, um, it, it, it makes that so much better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like when, uh, players at the end of a sporting game, shake hands, even though they've just been like absolutely slogging the shit out of each other. Yeah. Not that that's what it's like when I teach. It's not, but to leave, you know, being like, that's what we did and that was the thing rather than, you know, leave feel, being like, oh my God, I suck at this. Mm. Or, um, I don't even know what I got out of that. It was, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's really important. Yeah. And I guess it's like, that's, that's the, where I have concerns about the a more sort of hardline coaches the ones that don't do that at the end mm. or like they make it so challenging to like earn even the slightest compliment from someone mm. or it takes till like the end of a two month term or something mm. before they're finally like good job in the scene. Mm. <laughs> and then everything else before then had been like, this is wrong. Why do you do this? Yeah. All this sort of stuff. Yeah. So I think it's like a, probably a delicate line um, to play with there. Mm. But would you say that because of your background in psych that you are like kind of more comfortable Dealing with that and like talk, having those conversations with people? I think so. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I also just realized that all that's been mentioned so far on this is that uh, you said you did psych for a year that stopped it. Yeah. But then I guess to jump forward a bit in that, yeah. went back to psych. Yeah. Yeah. And now qualified. <laughs> yeah. Well, all my, I'm in my sixth year of clinical psych. So um, very close, but practicing. Um, yeah. I think the, the most important thing about having those is you need to create the agreement that you will at the start. So like, um, I'm going to say, you know, 
I will, my promise to you is that I'll be completely honest, but I will be honest in my, uh, compliments as well as my criticisms. And so if you do something well, I'm going to tell you that you did it well. If I think that it could be improved, I'm going to tell you rather than, cause I think that's for me personally, the worst scenario is when you have a coach or a teacher that you don't know, they, they give constantly give out compliments, which is lovely, but you never know whether you've actually done a good job or not, because there's no marker of like, they just say good job every time. So it's like, well, I can't be doing a good job every time. Mm. It's not possible. So especially if a scene like genuinely didn't feel fun. Yeah. To yeah. 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 If it was, wasn't fun. And then instead the teacher's more concerned about trying to make you feel better. Cause they can see the people in the scene are like, Oh, that blue. Then using it and being like, how do you feel now? Bad. Yeah. Cause it was bad. Like, but it, it's one scene that's fine. Well, you know, like, um, because that feeling is important of being like, Oh, and it's awful to have, you know, I stuffed that scene. I wasn't good in that show or whatever. But I think the, the important thing to learning is accepting that maybe it was bad. Yeah. Rather than being like, well, maybe I just didn't, maybe I just didn't, you know, listen to all the cheers in the room. You can't hear a smile. It's like, well, you, it's comedy. So you know, if it's going well. Yeah, definitely. You can't, you're resisting reality if you like do a bad show and then try and it's, it's okay to find the positives in it, but as long as you're able to accept that there were some negatives too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think like personally, if I'm coaching something like I liked, I think something you said in there as well, of like asking people how they felt about, mm. um, what they did, mm. um, not to, not to just put it all on them to just assess the whole scene, yeah. but just to provide that initial thing. Because sometimes then a performer will come back like, oh yeah, I felt I didn't commit to this, that, and mm. whatever. And then you're able to go, yeah, that, yeah that's what came across in it. Mm. But it's not just sort of hammering something mm. without giving that person a chance to have that learning moment and go, oh, this is what I felt happened. Mm. And I'm learning from it as well, as opposed to just being told. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's also... Then it's even more of a, you can switch to, uh, a positive thing because if they say, oh, I didn't commit to that thing properly and you go, yeah, you know, well, that's how it read. Then it's like, but I'm really pleased that you were able to see that as you were doing it because you're able to reflect on your own performance and that's how you learn. Yeah. And so that's a great skill to have. Cause some people, you know, like you'll go, how, how, how'd you feel? And I'll go, good. And you'll be like, that was a literal car accident <laughs> like um and maybe they know that but they don't want to say or whatever but that someone actually having the courage to and i don't mean like over be like oh it was terrible i suck because hmm. you're you're not actually you're wanting something different then you're not wanting to actually be like this is i think this is why or trying to you know figure out why um and then the other thing is that if you let people sit in the moment of like, well, that wasn't very good. It makes them better. I think, because then you can say when they can realize that, oh, so when it doesn't go well, this is as bad as it feels mm, and I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> and everything's going to be fine. It feels a bit crap, but then we're going to do the next thing and I'm probably going to forget about it. Yeah. So I think that's so important as well. 
And I feel like that's something that can be taken through to shows mm. too. Because if you do that in training, you do a scene, doesn't go great or it doesn't mm. feel great. Then you move on, you do another scene. Ah, that felt a lot better. Mm. We did all these things. Great. That worked a lot more. Mm. It, it sort of, yeah, it does give you that bounce back. Mm. Whereas sometimes then you'll go off into a show. And if a show didn't feel great, especially I think as you're early in performing, you then can like come off stage and you're just like so down and out about mm. everything mm. as if that's the end of the world. Yeah. Like it's all over. Mm. But then it's like the next show goes really well. Mm. And so it's like, it's, <laughs> it's just, I think getting used to bouncing back from those feelings mm. and kind of maybe in some instances, enjoying when they actually happen. Yeah. Of like being able to go like, wow, that scene really didn't work. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but I'm, I can laugh at it. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I can laugh at it because it's like, it's not serious. It's very transient. We're moving on. We're going to do the next one. Yeah. Fine. Totally. Yeah. It's so transient. And like some of the best memories I have performing with Matt are when we've done things that have not worked. Yeah. Like, because we then have this wonderful gift of being able to laugh about them afterwards. And they're the things we don't, we're not like, how funny were we in that show? Like that doesn't come up. And not because we're not trying to be egomaniacs because we are, but like, <laughs> um, that it, it's not as funny as when we talk about the time that he slapped me really hard and like it was way too hard and I had stars and yeah. whatever, or, you know, there's so many times where that's happened and they're the things that, especially in, I think in any size team or group, if everyone is acknowledging that you know, that was crap and we can laugh about it, it brings you closer together. And builds trust. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess as well, if everyone is still trying to make it good. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. if someone's there, it's like, I'm going to just torpedo this whole show and mm. bring everyone down. And I'm in a scene with Barney. I'm going to ruin it for him. Mm. And he said something to me before the show I'm not happy with. So mm. I don't want to really do a scene with him tonight. Yeah. And it just gets all weird and all that. Like yeah. if you still are going out there trying to do, make a, you know, make a good product. Give, mm. uh give the audience a good time, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, that's um, the, that's the, um, trust thing or, or that's the thing that makes it, I guess, trusting that you're going out there and giving it everything you can give it in that moment. And then if it misses <coughs> and then you can laugh about it afterwards, you, that's where the trust's built. Cause it's like, <coughs> well, I went out and tried and I properly failed. Yeah. And the outcome was actually, I felt bad for a bit and then we all laughed about it and it was fine. Yeah. Um, rather than, yeah, talk, you know, like having your own agenda and doing whatever. Who have you spoken to? Who's trying to torpedo scenes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I think that's why sometimes I find that it's an interesting thing. Like, you know, before shows that that's going to happen, mm. going around and doing that. Um, I find like sometimes that feels very like to me counterproductive in a sense, mm -hmm. um, because everyone starts usually putting up like a very individual mm. sort of goal or something mm. they're going to do rather than it being sort of like a, a goal sort of for the show mm. or that, or suddenly it's like, I'm going to play a real crazy character today. <laughs> and then if there's going in and setting that up, getting into the show, there's like five minutes left. Yeah. You're like, I haven't done my thing yet. Yeah. All right. Hey, crazy pups here. <laughs> yeah. uh, it just feels again of like, uh, yeah, just more of like a sort of selfish sort of mm. way to attack it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I absolutely hate that exercise. And I tried for a while to um, have, when I was teaching a class or whatever, to get people to say, um, 
I I hope that, and then everyone goes, maybe, <laughs> but it, it wasn't as uplifting. It, it, it really was just kind of like, well, everyone feels more unsure now. Because, yeah, I don't like that idea either of, of being like, I'm going to play a crazy character. I mean, I forget, every time I've ever done it, I completely forget whatever I say in that game. Totally. Um, and then, but I, the idea of having it in your head and being like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Five minutes ago. I've <laughs> got to play. And then like, what? Like, yeah. Because at, you said, and everyone said that's going to happen. So then you're like, they are relying on me. <laughs> I don't want to let them down. Yeah. To play the talking horse. Yeah. <laughs> like what? And then, yeah, in those in situations, if someone does go, I'm going to play a talking horse. Mm. Uh, <laughs> if you're the coach, it's, it would feel weird. It would feel weird to jump in and be like, uh, Steve, no, 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 no. Like, mm. you, you don't do that. That's too specific. That's too, and it's like, well, that's what I feel like doing tonight. Mm, mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Follow the fun. Follow, yeah. I'm going to do the talking horse. It's up to the rest of the team to jump on board. <laughs> Follow my fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, would you say, is two probably your favorite yeah. form of improv? Yeah, without a doubt. Absolutely. Why, why would that be? Because it's just you and one other person and that's it. I just like two. No, um, yeah. it, it's because you, it's, I was actually talking to, um, Adam Kangas from TIC about this. There was a change that happened to a show and I was talking about how one of the things that I feel like helps me in improv is when there's so much stuff happening that there's no chance to think about mm, anything because mm -hmm. you're just like trying to respond to, or, you know, like they said that detail. So I need to, I'm going to remember that. And then hopefully it comes back, but I'm not going to try. And then it will. And almost needing that feeling of being overwhelmed. Yeah. To really feel like I'm properly improvising. Cause yeah, there's no way of, it's like a barrier to getting in your head or thinking through things. It's just like, oh, I've just got to respond to whatever's happening. Yeah. Um, so I like it for that reason. Um, I guess it's that feeling of just thinking about it, like if you're surfing, I'm not a surfer, never surfed, probably yeah. never going to surf, Okay, but <laughs> I feel like it'd be like if you're, if you're catching a wave yeah. and it's like, instead of being behind it or trying to, or being ahead of it and crashing and all that sort of stuff, but just really getting that moment of riding it mm. and just kind of being there for mm. the whole scene if possible, mm. like really just playing on the edge the whole time. Yeah. 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 I, to me, it's like, to use your surfing metaphor, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever paddled up a wave and the wave has just started to peak and then curl and you've got the feeling of like, Oh, I'm going to go over the falls backwards. It's like that. Yeah. <laughs> and you're yeah. just like trying to hang on and you're like, oh! yeah. and you, you know, either get over or it crashes, but yeah, that you're right. Yeah. That feeling. Yeah. And I guess that plays into what you're talking about before of like, if it does crash, then it's still fine and it's fine and you recover from it mm. because you're trying to do the right thing. It's not like yeah. you were not trying to catch the wave at all. Yeah. Just sitting there and it just got dumped on you. Yeah. Um, I love kind of funny too. <laughs> That's kind of funny too. <laughs> Which is still funny as well. <laughs> but I, I, when I teach or coach, I often say that as long as you go for it, you're safe because yeah. their audience is never not aware that you're improvising when you're improvising. They know it's not like, it's not a play where they, are suspending their disbelief and thinking like, okay, so this person is this character and I need to 
forget that they have lines and all this kind of stuff. Like part of the attractiveness, I think for improv is that, you know, that they people are just trying to make stuff up. Mm. And so if you go for something and it misses, that is so funny because at least, and people acknowledge or like the fact that you tried, you tried to go for the big swing and you missed the ball. Um, and it also to me is a little bit of like when you, uh, how do I say this without sounding fucked? Uh, it's like with, uh, art, if you give, you got to give something. So part of it is a performance, part of it is whatever, but part of it in improv is giving the big, going for the big shot and you might miss or you might hit, but it's the act of it that the audience, like that's the connection bit. Because mm. then they see you miss and it's not like, I've never missed a ball in my life. It's like, that's relatable watching you, the performer, try and do this character or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like they're, they're there to see the swings rather than the hits. Yep. In that, in that sense. When, when, when they see the hits, that's great too. But they're there to see the swings. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be disappointed if you're not swinging. They're swing heads. They're they, swing love, heads. <laughs> they love swings. <laughs> Yeah. Um, does that play into something I know you've spoken to me about before? It's like show one, show two. Yeah. I wonder if you could just give an overview of that. Cause mm. I think that's a really handy breakdown, um, when thinking about performing and mm -hmm. thinking about like when you're going up on stage, like what are you actually trying to do up there? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, well it was something that Bronnie Lyle told me about and ever since then I've just been pretending like I came up with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's the idea that show one is the theater show that you come and watch that has characters in it and the scenes can take place somewhere. You suspend your disbelief, all that kind of stuff. And then show two is the fact that you're watching people on a stage in a room, make, uh, things up on the spot and, you know, attempt to do things without having planned them. So it's kind of like the spectacle element of the show. And when Matt and I do our shows, we try and ride like show 1.5, we say, where we commit to the characters and try and commit to the world and the base reality, but always being aware that we're in a room, you know, that has stage lights in it. We're on a stage, we're making it up, which we think the idea being that it kind of lets the audience in on the joke. So there's not like we create in jokes with the audience about what's happening rather than us having in jokes with each other and there being like a barrier and they're the audience. It's like, no, they're in the show with us. We like try and imagine that the fourth wall is behind, is the back wall of the theater. So there's this kind of like weird mix between us as performers and whatever we do. And so we always start the shows with like a, a chat, which is us talking about whatever the word suggestion is to really illustrate to the audience that we're two people here do, about to do this show. And it's not this facade of them needing to pretend that they're watching characters. Mm. Does that make sense? Or is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 definitely. <laughs> and I think so that opening sort of serves as a bit of a transition mm. between the two shows yeah. in that sense. Yeah. Um, it's cool guys. I've never heard it sort of put like that. Um, mm. cause obviously you get like very sort of, you know, theatrical openings and mm. you get very kind of more casual ones that are chat based, mm. but it is interesting to think about it. The idea of that being a bit of like a portal for the audience to sort of, to, 
to keep, I guess, the uh, the tether to them as well, yeah. and not just cut it right off and completely then ignore them for the rest mm, mm-hmm. of the experience. Yeah, and I think it works best. We do it sometimes. It depends whether we have an idea. Is we'll do like a really short opening sketch that is theatrical, and then we'll do the chat. So then it's like, you know, now we're, you know, getting out behind the Wizard of Oz thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. all our sketches are as good as the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> um, and then we, which we stole from the Mighty Boosh, at some point one of us says, all right, let's do the show. So it's like really signposting to the audience and now we're going to do this thing. But remember that we're the ones that said we were going to do it and it is us doing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like you're also always in control of like what's happening too, even though the audience are a part of it. Like you're mm. not giving them all the responsibility. It's mm. like you're really still being very clear yeah. as we're moving through this, mm. but it's just very considered in how it's pulling them in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we've started doing this thing where we have um, a mid-show vape break where we then feel questions. Oh, cool, yeah. Um, about what had happened or, or about anything. Um, and we did it a couple of times and really liked doing it, and then we both, I think, forgot and stopped. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't be that good. <laughs> I like that you said, uh, it's like, we're doing this new thing. It's like, well, we actually did a couple of times. And... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we, I mean, I think we liked it, but I don't know why we stopped. But oh. I guess it's a good example then of just like trying something out and then if, and if you're vibing it, doing it for a little bit mm. and then it's like, oh, we well, just forgot to do it. Maybe we'll do it again. Yeah. And not being so beholden to what a show should look like in terms of format, strictly doing this, 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 mm. this, this, and all that. Yeah. We always, <laughs> if we ever have to write it down, we call it like the cool and smart. There's no format. Yeah. At all. It's, we know that we're going to do a, that chat thing at the start, which is like a living room opening from Harold. We know we're going to do scenes and we always say, and then at the end it collapses in on itself. Yeah. Who knows what that means? <laughs> I don't know what that means. It, like, I guess it means we get tired and then we're like, oh shit, I'll use the character that I had at the start. Um, but if it does, like if it doesn't happen and we have no callbacks and it doesn't sort of, then we're still like, it collapsed in on itself thematically yeah. or whatever, <laughs> but there's no, yeah. No, it's a nice out for mm, it. Mm-hmm. Cause that makes me think that a lot of people when introducing say specifically Harold's, mm. they'll be like, well, you're going to see Harold, you're going to see an opening, then three scenes and then a group game. And then we're going to come back and see mm. those scenes again, then a group game. And then we're going to tie it all together at the end. Mm. And it's like the promise to the audience is made at the start of like, you're already talking about the end of the mm, show and mm. talking about it in the sense of, and we're going to tie it all together. Mm. Um, so I like this idea of just like, and uh, it'll collapse in on itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which we never actually say, I think out loud. We just, I don't even know if Matt knows that's what the format is, <laughs> like, but I do. That's. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. Loads every show you're like, all right, collapse time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's like, what? What are you, what doing, are you talking buddy? about? Um, but I, when I coached Harold for brief period, I remember saying, I don't care about the, whether you get to the third beat. I don't care if the mm. first group game goes for X amount of time. Well, you know, like it doesn't matter to me. It matters like what the show is the show. And I think that comes from the first time I watched Harold's performed. I had no idea that that was a format. And I was like, this is amazing. And then when I found out, it was like, finding out that Father Christmas, you know, um, lives in the North Pole, not the South Pole. Of course he's real. Um, <laughs> I, just, um, I just, as I was, in my head I was like, there could be children listening. There's no children listening to this. Do you want to come and hear Barney talk yeah, about yeah, this? Yeah. 
It's like, yeah, massive rug pull. I was like, oh, oh, I feel like I've been lied to. Like, this sucks. I thought it was just, they were just kind of doing what they wanted to do. Yeah. Which I guess is a testament to what I saw at the time, that that's what it felt like. It didn't feel like there was a rhythm or, well, there was a rhythm, but it was organic to the show. Um, yeah, I still I don't like formats at all. Yeah. I, I think that... Um... To me, formats are interesting to just think about how shows can can happen. Mm. But I think if I'm ever teaching like a format type thing, it's always a very loose mm. interpretation of it rather than having so many, like if you have to say have uh, a diagram which has like 20 dot points off to how a show must run, mm. that's way too many. Mm -hmm. um, if we roughly know, like take the movie, for example. It's like if we roughly go, hey, we're going to do an improvised movie. We know we're going to use some movie tropes. We're going to mm. maybe have like some sort of arc that happens mm -hmm. um, and that's it. We'll start and we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. Mm. I think that is a much more fun interpretation of it mm. rather than having to go through and go, we're going to start with three scenes, which we're going to scene paint this one, then this one, then this one. Then we're going to do a title. <laughs> then we're going to do this. Then we're going to revisit this, this, this. Mm. To me, it's like, it makes it so heady and this could mm. apply to any format and it just removes all the like all the fun yeah. aspect from it. And it's mm. like, it becomes more planning a show <laughs> yeah. as it's happening rather than actually improvising and performing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just don't see the trade off between, like I can understand if you have some structure that is able to be executed very well by the team that's performing it so much so that you're not able to really tell there's a structure, but it has, you feel some kind of arc, not necessarily narrative, but something versus like either something that feels very robotic in that that thing ends and then it's like, now we've got to do the next bit. Now we've got to do the next bit. Like it's not, I don't think it's fun to watch or it's definitely not fun to do. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. And, and some people love, like some people really like the structure or the format hmm. and good luck to them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Totally. I guess it probably goes down to as well, the confidence level of the performers. And, mm. um, if they're just doing the format because they like certain elements of it and they find it fun, mm. or if they're doing the format because they think they need an interesting format to make an interesting show. Mm. And so they're getting too caught up on like, this format is going to save the show. We mm. are beholden to this format. That's where it, all the magic happens mm. rather than looking at it as like, this is maybe a fun way to present a show mm. and we're not really that concerned if it does go off the rails in some way or if we deviate from it. Mm. But even if we do have a structure in place, the structure is there just, just to, just to assist because we find it enjoyable. Yeah. But we could get up and just do a whole bunch of random scenes mm. confidently for an hour and we don't care. Mm. To me, I think maybe that's the difference. Whereas if you see it, people who are at that level doing a really structured thing, mm. the, they don't need the structure. They're doing mm. that for enjoyment. Mm. And I think mm. that's the difference in there. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think the other thing is it interfere can interfere like if the the funniest choice in the moment or the funnest choice is to drive the car off a cliff, but the format dictates that, that this character needs to be in the last scene. Yeah. So you don't do it. It's like, well, you should drive the car off the cliff. Yeah. Like that is where it starts interfering and then becomes so... Uh, it's way too important. And like, I, I say this having like, while you were saying that I was having flashbacks to starting out improvising and doing exactly that being like, it's a format and 
there are four murderers and one person, you know, like, and then it all kind of, and we solve the murder, but, and it's like, you're part of it sometimes. In that case, definitely for me was a lack of comfort or confidence in the improv. So you're kind of grasping for something that you can hang on to, which is, ends up being the format. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, now you've just done, thank God you're here. Yeah. Kind of the perfect melding of your acting and improv worlds yeah. in, a, in a show. Yeah. It was, um, such a great thing to get to do because it, it was that. And like, we used to watch it as a family when I was a kid. Um, and you get, you do both. Um, it's kind of, you know, having like on the show, you see that the guest will say like da -da -da -da, something and then our job a lot of the time is sort of being like, well, we do need to get back to the business. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's kind of this opposite to when you're doing more, say organic improv mm. where you are very happy to go off and you don't want to just do a business scene, but yeah, it, in that, that's the, that's the job. Um, so yeah, it was super interesting to get to do that and such a great experience, it's such a great experience to get to do it with Tiana who we met at improv in 2017. Um, and so to have both of us there being like, what the hell are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, at any moment, are they going to realize I made a mistake? Like, um, but yeah, I hope that, well, I mean, I hope that, I don't know what I hope. I don't know what I, it doesn't matter. I can't say. <laughs> Contractually bound. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but we went to one of the tapings and it's like, uh, how that feeling too of like just, uh, watching it as a kid mm. and being like, what is this? Like, this mm. is so pre knowing what improv was or anything like that, but just being like, oh, they have to make it up. Oh, that's really kind of cool. Mm. Um, so I guess it's interesting to see it come back. So just from the viewer's perspective of like, after really getting into improv and sort of diving into that world and then seeing, seeing the show come back, which brings a little bit more of that back into the, the limelight in a sense. Mm. Cause mm. like we had, whose line was it anyway? The yeah. Australian one, which a couple of years ago, yeah, they yeah. did a few episodes and then it got canned. Is mm. that right? Yeah, I don't. I never actually watched it, so I don't know. I never watched Whose Line Is It Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I see. I watched a lot of that. The American one when I was a kid. Yeah, um, yeah. I know. I'm I'm the weirdo. Everyone no. watched it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's also that's what like you usually. It's which I find weird now is explaining improv to people who don't know what it is, is especially long form. Mm. Uh, is like explaining, oh, do you know whose line is it anyway? And everyone's like, yeah. And you're like, okay, not quite that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's short form. Yeah. Uh, we do long form. Mm. And then they're just like, what? what? Why would you explain it that way? Yeah. Rather than like, oh, long form is more just like an improvised comedic play. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'd, I'd definitely done the same thing. Having not really watched the show, I'll be like, it's like that, but it's not that. Yeah. It's um. And it's funny that, you know, short form, I know in Sydney, short form's a lot bigger than it is in Melbourne. And it's weird to be in a space where long form is like, to me, I mean, personally, there's still heaps of short form in Melbourne. Mm. Like I don't interact with it at all, even though it was the big, it was the recognizable form of improv for so long. Mm. And the fact that they've tried to do long form on TV and it's sort of not worked very well apart from middle ditch and Schwartz, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah. 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 Like there's not that many 
recorded long form shows that are made to a really high production level. Like mm. you can watch stuff on YouTube and, mm. and things like that. And there are some funny shows, but also because it's just a camera in the back of the theater, like you don't really, in some ways it should capture maybe a bit more of the feeling of being there, but it doesn't, it just mm. feels very kind of empty. I find when you yeah. watch it. Yeah. Um, and I wondered if like middle ditch and Schwartz, something like that might've provided more of a ground to, to produce more content like that. But I guess that it's probably seen as such a risk by like mm. a production company mm. and you really have to get like, um, you know, performers that you can reliably <laughs> know are going to do a consistent show and, yeah. um, maybe the magic of it being in theaters and staying there for the most part is actually kind of a good thing. Mm. And then we just get little sprinkles of it mm. sort of here and there. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> Matt and I looked into, cause we were like, oh, we should like get our, a show like properly recorded and we should do it somewhere where it'll look really good and yeah, let's definitely do that. And then we looked into the cost and we were like, imagine if we bombed, imagine yeah. if we just sucked on that <laughs> night, we just couldn't get it together. We were, who knows what, and we just blew all that money. And I guess it's, you know, the same in reverse from production where they're like, well, we could sink all this money into something that we do not know. Yeah. <laughs> they're just going to absolutely cook it on the night or we could give money to someone that's got something prepared. Um, like a stand-up comedian. Yeah. Um, that also got me when I found out they weren't just improvising. This is... Oh, this wait, wait. Is, when I was little, I thought okay. they were just... Stand-ups were just making it up. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And then when I realized that they weren't, I was like, oh, what? I love that all your traumatic moments of finding out <laughs> things as a child were like comedy related. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas me, I remember like standing in... Um, we were two-story house in my bedroom was sort of at the front. There was like a little garden just in front. And I remember like, I must've been, I don't know, eight or nine or something like that. And just looking down out the window and seeing dad, like putting like Easter eggs mm. all around that front garden. And mm. just thinking at the time, like, got you, I got you. I knew, I knew, Yeah. I knew that the Easter bunny was not real. <laughs> yeah. No. But I love you're in the back of the comedy club and you're just like, I've seen the set list Wait for this person. Minute. What's going on yeah. here? Why have they got stuff written on their hands? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, real real issue. Real issue with that. Have you done much stand-up? No. I know you've done like improvised yeah. sort of stuff, right? Yeah. Done improvised stuff, which done in the context of improvised stand-up has been fun. Yeah. But when I've done bits of stand-up before, I, I just get so much more nervous than I would for improv. Doing something that's pre-written and yep. rehearsed. And that's the same for sketch too. So much more nervous. Interesting. Cause you've done like a few festival shows. Yeah. And I remember seeing paradise, mm -hmm. which is so hilarious. Well, thank you. Um, but obviously there'd been a lot of work that had gone mm. into that. So mm -hmm. even performing that, even what I thought was pretty polished show overall, mm. like you would be more nervous to do that than say to get up and do yep. improv in front of the same amount of people or anything. 100%. 100%. Because, and I think it must be a control thing maybe where it feels like with sketch or say if you've written stand-up, not no one probably writes out their whole sets, but that it's on rails. And it's like, if this doesn't go well, I can't change it. I can't then pivot to try and find something that this audience will like. It's like, no, we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, yeah, don't, I'm, in fact, I think by the time 
you would have seen Paradise. We had actually gotten rid of the scripts and it was literally, this is this scene. We know that this happens and this happens and this happens. And we know that they're like this and then we would just do it. And that made me feel a lot calmer. Oh, okay. So yeah. you'd written the show mm-hmm. initially, like line for line, yep. everything, perform that mm-hmm. a few times at various festivals and, and things mm-hmm. like that, and then got to a stage where you're like, this is not as fun mm. uh, or it's more stressful mm. than if we just know that here are the t- 10 different scenes that we have mm. and we're just going to go out there and we roughly know where we're heading with it, mm. but we're improvising in that moment. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So we know it starts like this and it ends like this. And we know that there are these characters in it and they do these things probably. And then we just kind of, yeah, improvise around what that is, which made it feel, yeah, much better. I guess all that probably led to a slightly more dynamic show every night. Yep. Where you're able to find mm. different things that come up while still operating in a rough structure mm-hmm. of where mm. it's all going. Yeah. So if the improv, you know, wasn't our best, maybe we were still like, yeah, but we've got the safety net of the fact that we know exactly then we move to the next thing. It's not like we're then lost up there. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was another thing actually that good old Ben Russell taught me. (laughs) 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 Great. This is recorded. uh, Yeah. 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 yeah, Good. (laughs) Um, do you, because to my knowledge, you haven't done any sort of written stuff. I mean, obviously, like acting and things, and mm. um, and and thank God and stuff mm. like that. But you haven't written anything yourself for a while. Are you kind of? Do you think that's kind of done? Would you? Do you? Can you see yourself going back and writing another show? Mm. Or is it sort of that now you just don't feel that you need that, and the the performing that you love doing is more around the sort of improvised side? Yeah, I think, I think Matt and I both realised that we're both too disorganised to do a sketch show. Um, and we're both not as excited by, you know, sort of having to be like, have you got the, um, have you got the forks we're using as tiny hands? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's more like, let's find out what happens, um, and react to what's happening rather than sort of plan it out. Um, I've done a couple, I've done, uh, Simon McCulloch's Dirt the last couple of times and had to write something for that again, just sort of like this is the idea and let's, I think it'll probably end here, but yeah, no, I, yeah, I just don't like, well, I, I haven't, but maybe I just haven't found what I like about it yet though. Yeah. So maybe there is something I actually really like, but I find it very hard to sit and write. Like I can't, if I do that, I will write the least funny dog shit. (laughs) 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 Like, um, when Matt and I would write, we would, improvise and then listen to it back and then yeah, write cool. from there because otherwise it would, I don't know, just couldn't do it. Yeah. No, no, but that's a really interesting, like, look mm. at that process of looking at a, a, a scene, which I think is also very much more aligned with like second city with their whole idea of like improv is a tool for creating sketches. Mm. And it's like, we've got a rough premise, let's improvise it and then record it, write it down and then work on it from there mm. and then keep improvising different parts to actually build out the sketch Mm. rather than when you actually think about it, sitting in a room by yourself or even with someone else and just writing something down and trying to know if it's going to work. It's very, it seems like a very odd pursuit and a sort of a way, a way of doing it. If you're not like constantly sort of just working on it in that sense. Mm. Yeah. And I think 
it needs for me anyway, like when you're improvising it, a lot of the time I'm trying to make Matt laugh. And so the target of what I'm doing is, is Matt rather than imaginary audience of people. Mm. And that then lends itself, I think, to being more specific and therefore funnier. Um, but also it's funny when you go, <laughs> how many times did I just say funny? I don't, I didn't even notice. <laughs> oh God, now I look even, now I look crazy. Um, when you do more TV stuff, you start to realize how much in the limited stuff that I've done is improvised. Like there'll be a script, but it's like, you don't, they're not beholden to the lines. It's more, um, it's like, this is what it's sort of intended. And there might be some lines. It's like, you have to say that, but it's not like Shakespeare where, you know, the text is higher than, than you and you must say every word and you know, every word is integral. Yeah. Which is interesting. And it's interesting because I think improv is such a good tool for acting and yet it maybe doesn't get used that way in this country. Yeah. Yeah, not as much, not as widespread. Mm. My understanding is in the States, it's a lot more yeah. prominent, mm. both within just culture in general, mm. that you say improv and they're like, yeah, I know that. Cool. Yeah. Um, Do they say cool? They say, well, yeah, Do they well, say cool? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. I felt when I was over there doing like, you know, my sabbatical with all the courses mm. and everything mm. and just trying to load up <laughs> on <laughs> one trip as much as possible, um, that if people say, oh, what are you doing over here? And you do say improv, everyone knew. I didn't mm. have to explain it once. Mm. Whereas I think still here to anyone outside of a sort of a performing community, mm. you say improv and it's just like a, you mean stand up? Yeah. Like, no, no, no. It's, uh, mm. And then you have to sort of go into mm. sort of defining that. I get, uh, well, I've had recently a couple of times I've said improv and people go, oh, like little skits. <laughs> like, That's you, not belittling yeah, at all. Yeah. I feel terrible. <laughs> little skits that you do with your friends. Is that, how's that? How's that going? <laughs> I wonder if they do that to anything. I'm a painter. Oh, little just blobs on a sheet. Oh, you do little, little blobs, little finger painting on a yeah. wall. Yeah. I don't know. I, it was, it was demoralizing. Yeah. It was worse than, oh, do you mean stand up? Yeah. It was, it was so much more. It was like, I know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to slam it. I feel as though like there's maybe an idea that so many things in society, like goal oriented, you have to do this, mm. here's your work, show your work, all that sort of stuff. And it's like, you know, building up all that. Whereas something like improv, like there's like for cool and smart, like you must've done what, like a hundred shows? Probably. I don't so, know. Close yeah. to that something. Um, and so far there's nothing recorded. No. Um, <laughs> but it's obviously like the beauty of improv, I'm like why it's yeah. so, so nice. But I think especially someone outside of that community looking at it might find that a little bit hard to mm. struggle with, to be like, hang on, wait, what? You spent so many <laughs> hours, so much time on this thing. Yeah. And it's like, you have no material thing mm. to show for it, even mm. though obviously as a performer and like the person you've grown in all those sort of ways, mm. but just the idea of like, you, hang on, you don't have a, like a recorded thing that you yeah. can show someone else or yeah. like a folio or, mm. or that sort yeah. of thing. Where's your improv folio? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I'm going to put one together. Just stills. Yeah. <laughs> Mila. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's so true. And I think that is so uh, integral to it. And similar to what you were saying about, is it better to just be watching it live? And I wonder how it translates 
or whether it even translates when we do it live about having the fourth wall behind the audience. How does that translate if it was recorded? Like, because the idea is that they're all in on the, the joke. Like, how do you do it so the person watching also feels like they're in on the joke or can they not possibly feel like that? Um, yeah, don't know. It'd be interesting. We should record one of your shows. Yeah. Because we've got gear. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> that would be great. Um, lock that in. <laughs> <laughs> Contract signed. Contract signed. Big fee. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not on there. All signed, all done. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not on there. Um, I was just thinking out of everything that you're doing, sort of like with acting, um, improvising, teaching, do you have a favorite out of those or is it something that constantly kind of changes? Yeah, I think it changes. I think it changes. Um, whatever's funniest yeah. <laughs> at the time, <laughs> whatever's the funniest bit or the most enjoyable, you know, that feeling you get where you're kind of not expecting something so funny and you, you, it's so unexpected and you're kind of in it for however long it is. It's almost like a, the feeling is like, you know how dogs go like, <laughs> like that, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. feeling, whatever that is in that, out of those three, the most. Yeah. Yeah. I don't normally get that like that when I teach, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> that would be quite intimidating coming it into the room. It would be pretty full on. <laughs> Maybe so before fun. class though. Yeah. Like, yeah. I could run around <laughs> before class, sniff the bin. It's <laughs> and that gets you in that zone. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think they, they all have different, like they make you feel different things. Uh, what, what's your favorite? Uh, I go back and forth. Like, and I think that if I haven't say performed for a little while and I'm doing a lot of teaching, sometimes I'm like, I love this. I love mm. teaching coaching. It's so great. But then I'll do a show and then it's like, ah, this is pretty good. Mm. This mm -hmm. feels pretty fun. Mm -hmm. I like this again. Yeah. Um, and, but I think it like they do tick different boxes in your head. Not that you're just trying to go through a checklist of things, but like they do give you different things from mm. it, which I think is nice that if you can find something in like a, a creative sphere where you can do different, play different roles, it means that I feel like it never really gets completely stale. Mm. And mm. whereas I feel like if you're just doing one thing all the time, that might start becoming a little bit more challenging to find like a freshness to the work that you're doing. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think, did you find, I found when I first started teaching my performing, like my improv performing got, I think like it got quite a bit better having to, having taught for a term. And I found that really surprising, but did you have a similar experience or is that just. No, no, no. I think teaching something helps you learn yeah. so much more. About mm. it. And I feel like there's some quote out there of like, to teach is to learn or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like that does really embody, especially with something like improv, like you start teaching and you're starting to field questions that you don't know the answer to when someone's asking, but you talk, mm. you improvise. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think in that sense, it also practices like just being in a scenario where like going into a class and not even having a lesson plan, mm. not, or having a rough idea of what you want to do, mm. but then just being free to explore whatever happens in that class mm. and go, all right, this group of people, they really seem to be liking mm. this real physical work. So why should we stop that now? And then go do this very sort of, you know, mental exercise. It's mm. like, let's just lean further into this and let's do this other exercise. Let's do that. Mm. So I think that it gets you in a, 
mindset of having to take control of situations, yeah. but then also having to relinquish control of where it's heading. Yeah. Yeah. True. That's a really good way of putting it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's good. That's good. <laughs> you mentioned, um, how do you feel about, do you have any favorite improv, uh, like quotes? Cause there is certainly a sub section, I think of people that do improv that like love, a, love a quote. Yeah. Yeah. Are you a quote man? Uh, I don't know if I'm a quote man, mm. but there's a quote I like about teaching, yeah. which I think is, it's something along the lines of like the best teachers, uh, like they'll show you where to look, but won't tell you what to see. Mm. Um, and I really like that approach of, mm. uh, if you're working with someone to not say, you know what? No, no, no. Do this mm. change. No, your, your milk bar is silly. You go, go that. Mm. What do you find in the back of the dentist's office? Mm. There's something right there on the table. It's a scalpel. That's what you found. As opposed to like, what else could you find in this space to work with? And mm. then doing that. So I think in the teaching sense, that's, uh, that's one I really like. Mm. Uh, but in terms of like an improv quote for say a performer, um, nothing that comes to mind. Mm. Do you have one? No, no, no I don't like them. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I say that, but I think that's because like when I read them, I, I'll be like, oh yeah, nice. But in like trying to apply them then to like, doesn't work. There's not a connection there, but Matt and I do say to each other before every show, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Oh, <laughs> and Friday night lights. Yes. Friday night lights. And then we say it's a beautiful night to remind us not to be rude to the audience. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess they're not really quotes They're but they kind of are. No, they are. I've, yeah. I've actually sent clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose in like, um, message chats to, to teams I've been in. Mm. And I think there's just the luck I've had has been very much non Friday night lights. <laughs> so people are like, what? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, cool. We're not doing the thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh God, you, you need to join, you need to join. <laughs> Cause sometimes if we're nervous, we'll give each other like a strong, uh, high five and go Texas forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I just need to come and hang out in the pre-show in the green just room. Just get that bit. To yeah. see that bit. I'm like, mm. yeah, I'm feeling that now. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, one, one, actually one quote around improv, which kind of came to mind was, um, it's just like play, play the scene, not the show. I think that's mm. just like, I think the improv ones that work are just very, very basic ones, mm. which are just basically they're all around like be present, <laughs> mm. be present, stop thinking it, your thoughts are not as important as you think they are. Yeah. yeah. Which sounds quite mean, but like, mm. um, just, just any sort of thing, any quote that it attributes to that mm. and is like, just stop thinking outside the scene and all those sorts of things. Mm. I mm. feel like there's, those are the ones that are very easy to digest yeah. and take on board. Yeah. I find that don't think thing funny because it's kind of, um, an oxymoron because you have, you have to like, you are thinking yeah. at all times. I'm not saying that I'm not like, idiot. <laughs> Um, but like you are thinking at all times, it's just a matter of totally. where your thinking is, you know, targeted. Is it like you said in the present and you're responding to what's happening or are you thinking about what f funny thing you could do in three lines time, or you're thinking about something you did three lines back or whatever mm. it is. But I, for a while found it quite like anytime I'd see a don't think or whatever, I'd be like. You wouldn't be able to move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone would just be perpetually frozen. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's, that's fair. And I think it's like the don't think needs more context to it. So yeah. Like, 
don't think outside of what's happening. Mm. What, uh, don't think outside of the scene. Mm. But you can't, focus like, you, on that. You you couldn't be like get rid of all the don't things. We need to change it to don't think outside the scene. Or you can think about moving, but don't. Yeah, like, but don't think. I totally. don't think so. So much better. Yeah, but, yeah. It keeps it very sharp. Mm. Actually, one of the best things I think, which is something you taught me, was the keeping a scene active. Like mm. I hadn't been able to put that into words before about making sure that everything that you know, happens is, or spoken about is happening in the moment rather than part, or if you talk about something that's going to be in the future or the past, it is influencing what's happening right now. Yeah. Um, and I have stolen that. I use it all the time. It's so good. Yeah. Well, I stole it from, um, a combination of like Matt Higby, the teacher I had at IO and he was, he talked about it a little bit, but not so much in those terms. Mm. And I forget the person that ran a, a workshop at, DCM, but they did one about, it was about making things active and it's like, mm. um, that, um, but I think to me, just combining that with wants, mm. make it active, like have a want, make it active. That's mm. it. Done. Mm. Like nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. When you say want, do you mean like, I want something from you, the other person or I want, I have a, I have a dream. I have like, I want to make sure that the bugs don't get in. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> To me, it's something that like can be happening within that scene. Mm. And ideally, if it's through the other person, then that's mm. optimum mm. in my mind. Um, yeah. But then, because then it's like, you're already just, you're already just playing right there. You're not worrying about anything else. Mm. Like I always, uh, struggled more when it, like that very say UCB type thing of like, Let's have a point of view. Now mm. let's make it up and expand it and have a global point of view, mm. which represents everything. Mm. And I would find that it's like, if you've got the scene happening here and suddenly it's like point of view, let's make that global. Mm. It sort of brings it out away from the scene mm. and becomes like a very general sort of statement that sums up like, I believe that, uh, everything that is good must be like, have some pain to overcome. Mm. And it just, to me, always felt really weird. I, like I, 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 it took me out of scenes. Yeah. Whereas I found it so much easier if it's like, I just want something from my scene partner mm. Mm. and making it active. It's like, we'll do that then. Yeah. I'll try and get it right now. Mm -hmm. What if, but what if it's like, say you want, uh, say I want ice cream yeah. from you and I go, I want ice cream. And then you go, well, I'll just give it to you. So you give it to me. And yeah. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> and then I guess you'll probably have a new want that comes up more. Yeah. <laughs> we've got more ice cream. Yeah. Right. More yeah. ice cream. Like we'll mm. work through whatever that is. Yeah. Like yeah. I've, I've always found it again, challenging to play with. You've got one thing in the scene that you can never, ever mm. like achieve. Mm. And to me, it's not about problem solving, mm. but if you want ice cream and I don't want the ice cream and I've got it here, mm. it would be, it feels false for me to instinctively go, I'm going to push back on this, even mm. if I don't believe it. Mm. I'm like, I don't care about this ice cream. Fine. All right. Have yeah. the ice cream. Mm. But if I really care about the ice cream, then I would play to that want from my side. Yeah. And then see mm. what happens. But then, you know, the, uh, I guess the, it's not a rule, but like <laughs> guidance to, if someone wants something or wants to do something, just do it immediately. Yeah. So like say if I said, I want ice cream and you had an ice cream, would you, doesn't matter. I'm answering my own questions as I'm going. Cause it, yeah, you could say no. And then I could say you're the worst dad ever. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll then find, it becomes about, yeah. We'll find different ways mm. to like, 
play with it. Um, to me, it's just like, just the fact that you really have decided you really want my ice cream. Mm. If I emotionally, and if I'm connect, if I'm in the scene, I'm committing to it. Mm. If I emotionally have not got to the place where I am defensive of this ice cream, mm. I think if I force that too much, mm. then to me, it gets me in my head mm. and makes me think I'm not being truthful to how I actually feel. Mm. Whereas if I'm feeling really happy mm. and I'm like, yes, yes, I'd have another, mm. another scoop. Mm. It's like, that's just not the thing that the scene is going to be about mm. unless you are obsessed with more ice cream, like mm. you said, mm -hmm. and then maybe it comes up and we dive deeper into that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was interesting what you said before about being married to like a point, a global point of view, then that's the thing that you do. Cause to me, one of the funniest things is someone being like, I'm someone that loves, um, singing in the rain. And then halfway <laughs> through the scene, they're like, ow, I hate rain. Like, that's funny to me that if it flips completely and then what they were saying before, then it's like, why did you, then it's like, why were you saying that you love it? You hate it. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. I just want to impress you. Like that makes it so much more interesting because that's what people do. Yeah. Um, I was saying, I was coaching the other night and I said, which I was working at as I was saying it, but for me, the the biggest thing I learned that I found the most helpful was that your mouth, let your mouth just go. And then you are then going, Oh, okay. That's what they think. Oh, okay. So they, all right. Yep. Okay. Now I'm working, I'm not working it out in here. It's all happening in my dialogue. And yeah. then I'm like, okay. Cause that keeps you on the same plane as your scene partner and the audience. Cause there's no, <laughs> no like preconceived thought about what this person is or what they're going to do. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I was thinking with this too, like to your point, like, I don't think point of view is bad. Mm. So like, but your point of view then was like funny cause it was, it had that specificity in it mm. and it felt like that was maybe also present to the scene and we weren't working too hard to remove it. Mm. Like, I just feel that real strict UCB approach where if people really apply that, They'd be like, all right, so you love singing in the rain. So what does that actually mean? Why do you love singing in the rain? Mm. It's like, oh, well, I love doing fun things. Mm. Well, in adversity. Yeah. And then it goes to that. So then it's like, oh, great. Now we can take it to all these other different places. Mm. And to me, I just feel that is the, yeah. the side where I don't think point of views need to be pushed that far. Mm. But that idea of like, I love singing in the rain. Mm. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've never done it. Have you? I've, I've never, I've never Sung had in the rain. No, 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 no. Wow. 29 years. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done it. Never done it. But I think like, it's funny how, especially when you're starting out, you think that you need so much more. And again, this is like, not, I'm not like, oh, I've conquered this. It's like me working this out. Still it's like, you can just be like, I love chairs. Yeah. And then that's it. And you don't have to then be like, because my father, which is yeah. you, is a chair maker. And that it's like, no, just fuck it. Just love chairs. Yeah. Like, and this chair. Yeah. 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 Mm. I think that that's to me so, so much simpler. Mm. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like if you're pushed for, why do you love chairs? Mm. And it's like, well, my father is a chair maker. maker yeah. Like, ah. Yeah. We're already like, we're here within a scene with the, I love chairs. Yeah. But then the, my father, it's like, even if it's me, <laughs> yeah. it's like, and I'm a chair maker, then it starts mm. removing yeah. outside of where we are. And, yeah. um, it starts, I, I think just getting away. Mm. Yeah. But that's such like, that would, would be such a funny initiation to me. of just like, I love chairs. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right? And you, it kind of gives you, it's that whole thing of like, you can make comedy about something that you love. Like you can make fun of something that you love much better than something you don't like. Yeah. Because there's not that nastiness. It's, I'm not a chair fanatic. Yeah. But, <laughs> that's, but uh, that was another thing I think that you learn as you go along. You're like, oh, if I, if it's coming from a place of, I actually really like wrestling, I can make fun of it until the cows come home because mm. at the end of the day, I love it. And that comes through rather than I, you know, hate rugby league. And if I'm doing like, you'd be like, oh, this is a bit like bitter or weird or. Yeah. yeah. I get that. It just feels mean. And it's yeah. like, especially then if the other character loves rugby league or something, <laughs> yeah. it becomes a mean, like, yeah, you, yeah. This like tension comes up sort of from nowhere. Mm. And it is weird to just base something of like, I, I hate that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that whole. Which if I hate that, then what do I love? If I love that, then what do I hate? Yeah. Like if you work like in that kind of dichotomy, you can learn quite a lot about, you can give your character quite a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and because comedic characters are, I guess, extreme, like being able to jump from those things can be useful. I gave that note once in a class and everyone who did scenes after trying to do that, all the scenes sucked. They really went down in quality and that was my fault, not theirs. So I don't know whether that's actually good advice or not. But No, I, I, I think yeah. it is. Like mm. it would be a note that I, I give out. So I'm maybe I defend <laughs> in a sense. But if someone's like, I hate something, mm. it's like, to me, it's like, well, what do you love? Mm. What do you love then? Yeah. Rather than just sitting on like, I hate that. Mm. It's like, well, what do you love instead? Mm. I hate watching the Super Bowl. Yeah. What do you prefer to be watching? Yeah. I want to watch Garfield. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got like, why isn't it not Garfield day? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Sit down. you like this, but is Garfield coming out? Yeah. It, and it's like, great. We get to, mm. we're playing like, I think then what you have is like, if you have conflicts that are coming from both persons, love of mm. something, mm. it's like. The conflict is coming from the ideas butting up against each other, mm. not this weird thing where like you're in war and like just, just opposed and on other sides of the trenches. Yeah. It's just that your wants like competing in a sense. Yeah. Like you want to watch Super Bowl, you want to watch Garfield. Like it's, mm. that battle is fun to see sort of play out. Yeah. Rather than like someone wants something, another person just hates it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny though, because then, and I've done this myself, when you get the counter note to that, that's like. No, no, we don't want uh, conflict, so, which actually you do want, but you don't want arguing. And then all the scenes end up being like, I'm so pleased to be sitting here with you on this park bench. Yeah. And then the other person will be like, <laughs> me too. Isn't it a beautiful day? And you're like, what is, what yeah. the hell is happening? It's it's almost like putting the training wheels on way too much. Yeah. And being like, we well, don't trust you to have like, to develop, to, sorry, discover a fun conflict with mm. the seed. So let's just avoid it mm, <laughs> completely. Yeah. But it, I mean, to be fair, a lot of the time when people are new or they're a bit worried or anxious about doing it, they will latch onto whatever the business is or the procedure is that they can, mm. like anything. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like in that scene, like, okay, what do I do now? Um, okay. I'm going to get my phone out. Um, I'm just going to start going through my contacts, <laughs> like just anything so that you're like, cause then you're not improvising. Then you're like, I know how this works. Cause yeah. then I do, I do this and then I do this and then I do this. And it's so funny. Cause I think a lot of the time 
maybe you don't, well, people don't realize that you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe then it's like, if the note is given as a negative, mm. that's where it's more troubling, where it's like, don't do that, avoid this, avoid that. Mm. As opposed to like, what's the positive behavior you're trying to reinforce? Mm. So I think if you're trying to do that, you can kind of guide people away from conflict, especially as they're starting out, like you're yeah. saying, but you're not putting it in as a specific fear-based rule mm. to just like avoid completely. Mm. So then, you know, a few months later, once they've developed that a bit more confidence and, and they feel more comfortable in scenes and then they can start playing around with conflict more in a fun way, mm. it doesn't feel like it's this sin that they then have to go like lash themselves after yeah. the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Mm. For sort of, you know, diverging into. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's so funny in itself to come off <laughs> after doing an improv show being like, damn it. Oh, no. I cooked it, guys. My point of view wasn't clear. <laughs> and I got into a conflict. Yeah. Ah, like, uh, one of the, It's like, honey, you did a great show. Yeah, Thanks for inviting yeah, us. Yeah. No, guys, you don't get it. <laughs> Stupid. I love, and I think Josh Shodzisner's so good at this. And I remember him teaching it is the like playing to lose all the time. Mm. And you can take that to such a complexity where if you get into an argument, you just are constantly self-sabotaging yourself. Like yeah. while still maintaining that you should win the argument. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe as a, socially anxious kid that appeals to me so much. Cause I can imagine every single situation socially where you could do the wrong, like I, the wrong thing. Yeah. And so then that is like, Oh, now there's a space where I can just constantly do the wrong thing. Yeah. And it gets rewarded rather than it be embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that idea of loss in there is like a really fun thing. Mm. Like lose, like going out there to lose, not to try and win Yeah. the argument. Cause as soon as you say a scene where someone's trying to win, yeah. You just like, do not care about the character. Yeah. No, no. But where you see that playful losing. Yeah. Or constantly over and over again. Yeah. yeah. And still trying though. <laughs> like, yeah. I find that so funny. Yeah. yeah. That's something to latch on to. Thanks for joining us for this episode. If you'd like to see our upcoming workshops or join our online community at our Discord server, please head to spaceandearth.co. 